If you listen to Western governments and media outlets, they act as though the war in Ukraine began in February 2022 when Russia invaded. But the reality is that the war in Ukraine goes back to February 2014 when the United States backed a coup, a violent coup, that overthrew Ukraine's democratically elected government, which had been geopolitically neutral and balanced the East against Russia. And instead, after this U.S.-backed coup, in which the third in command of the State Department today, Victoria Nuland, was recorded on, a phone, on the phone speaking with the U.S. ambassador discussing who to replace the Ukrainian government with, so uh, I don't think Cleet should go into the government. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's a good idea. I think Yats is the guy who's got the economic experience, the governing experience. After that U.S.-backed coup, there was a civil war that was set off. This was a violent conflict that was between the central government in Kiev, backed by the West, fighting against pro-Russian, Russian-speaking separatists in the eastern part of Ukraine. And this civil war that was set off by the U.S.-backed coup in 2014 is exactly what the former U.S. ambassador to Russia, William Burns, had predicted back in 2008. He wrote an embassy cable, which we have thanks to WikiLeaks, which is why journalist Julian Assange is in prison. And in this, this document, in this State Department cable, you can see that the U.S. ambassador to Russia, William Burns, it was titled, Niet means Niet, No means No, Russia's NATO enlargement red lines. And he said that if, if NATO expands into Ukraine, quote, it could potentially split the country in two, leading to violence or even some claim civil war, which would force Russia to decide whether to intervene. That is exactly what has happened. And I will link to this, the source of this in the description below so people can check that out. That is exactly what happened. That is what set off the war in Ukraine back in 2014. And according to the United Nations, between 2014 and the end of 2021, before, Russian sent, before Russia sent a single troop into Ukraine, 14,000 Ukrainians died, according to the UN. And then when Russia invaded, that, that set off a new stage of the war. But we, there have been many attempts at holding peace talks throughout this conflict, going back to 2014. And in 2014 and 2015, there were a series of peace talks that were held in Belarus, in Minsk. And those are called the Minsk Accords. Minsk I was negotiated in 2014, the same year that the Civil War began after the U.S.-backed coup. And then that failed. And then there was another agreement that was called Minsk II. And that agreement technically held. And this was negotiated between the Ukrainian government and Russia with the oversight of Germany and France and also Belarus, which hosted it. And this is called the Normandy format. And in 2015, they signed an agreement, a peace agreement between Ukraine and Russia that was aimed to stop the civil war in Ukraine between the central government backed by the West and the Russian speaking separatists in Ukraine. And that was signed in 2015 by Russian President Putin, German Chancellor Angela Merkel, French President François Hollande, and also then Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko, who was a billionaire oligarch who, was, who came to power after the U.S.-backed coup in 2014 in Ukraine, overthrew the democratically elected president, Viktor Yanukovych. Now, 
Zelensky, the current Ukrainian leader, has admitted that he refused to implement this peace deal that's called Minsk II. He personally admitted to sabotaging this peace deal that goes back to 2015. And it was never implemented by the Ukrainian government. He admitted this in an interview that he did with the German newspaper Der Spiegel, which is a major German newspaper. And this was published on February 9th. And if you go down toward the end of the interview, it's in German, but what I did is I speak a little German and I had a German friend of mine who's a fluent German speaker who over, over he looked over the translation and made sure that it was accurate. So here I'm just going to use the auto translation. And again, this was confirmed by a native German speaker. Zelensky said in this interview with this German newspaper, he said, quote, I think the Minsk agreements were such a concession. He was complaining. And then the, news, the German newspaper Der Spiegel asked Zelensky, but you tried to implement the Minsk agreement, right? And Zelensky said, I jumped on the train, which was, to be honest, was already headed toward the abyss. He said that basically he refused to negotiate it. Seriously, he only pretended to jump on the train and pretended to support it in order to, to have a prisoner exchange between Russia and Ukraine. He said that very clearly. He was not ever committed to this peace agreement. And he said, procrastination is perfectly fine in democracy. So that's him admitting that he never was serious about actually implementing this peace agreement. It was about procrastinating. That is to say, giving Ukraine time to prepare for war with Russia. And he said openly in this interview, he said, this is the Ukrainian Western back leader, quote, as far as Minsk is concerned, I said to Emmanuel Macron and Angela Merkel, we cannot do it like this. So this is confirmation from the mouth of Zelensky speaking with a major German newspaper that he refused to implement the 2015 peace agreement, Minsk II. And that agreement said very clearly, this is the full text of the agreement back from 2015. Again, this is Minsk II. And this is a transcript from the Turkish state media outlet the Anadolu Agency. Again, I will link in the description below to an article that I wrote at geopoliticaleconomy.com, which has all of the sources that I'm discussing now. And there were 13 points in Minsk II, in this, this peace agreement between Russia and Ukraine. And two of the most important points come toward the end. Point 11 said, this is the agreement that Ukraine signed. Now, it was signed by Ukraine's previous president, Petro Poroshenko, and he never implemented it. And then Zelensky came into power in 2019, and he ironically ran on a presidential campaign promising to implement Minsk II. The Ukrainian people voted for him because they thought that he was going to try to broker peace with Russia, whereas Poroshenko had never tried to implement Minsk II. But then when Zelensky came into power, he just he had lied. He had no in, in, intention to actually implement this agreement. It was just a lie that he said during his presidential campaign. And these are the most important points of Minsk too that were never negotiated, that were never implemented by the Ukrainian government, despite the fact that the Ukrainian government signed this agreement. Point 11 says, quote, implementation of constitutional reform in Ukraine with the new constitution to come into effect by the end of 2015, the key element of which is decentralization 
taking into account peculiarities, peculiarities of particular districts of Donetsk and Lugansk oblasts. So it's specifically about special status for Donetsk and Lugansk. And those were the areas where there were, there were these Russian-speaking separatist fighting who were born in Ukraine, raised in Ukraine, but they were ethnically Russian and they were oppressed by the Ukrainian state, especially after this 2014 US-backed coup. And there was an anti-Russification program in which the Ukrainian government repressed the Russian language, repressed Russian-speaking ethnic Russian Ukrainians and banned uh, socialist and communist parties and made it legally mandatory to honor people who had collaborated with with Nazi Germany, like Stepan Bandera. So point 12 of the the Ukrainian agreement that was signed. This is again Minsk two. point 12 said that Ukraine had to abide by this law on self-governance in Donetsk and Lugansk. So once again, the Ukrainian government had agreed to decentralization, constitutional reform, and giving autonomy and special representation to these Russian-speaking areas in the eastern part of Ukraine. And as Zelensky made it clear, he never was serious about implementing that. And his predecessor was never serious either. So this is proof that the Ukrainian government intentionally sabotaged a peace agreement that was brokered with Russia by France and Germany in 2015, which obviously is an important detail to understand the conflict today and why Russia invaded. You can't ignore these historical facts and act as though Putin is this crazy madman who just invaded Ukraine for fun. Now, Zelensky's comments are also confirmed by comments that were made by the former leader of Germany, Angela Merkel, the German chancellor, she was one of the main people who sponsored the Minsk agreements. And Angela Merkel did an interview on December 7th with another German newspaper, which is Die Zeit. And in this interview, Angela Merkel said, this is an exact quote, the 2014 Minsk agreement was an attempt to buy time for Ukraine. Ukraine used this time to become stronger, as you can see today. Ukraine in 2014, 2015 and Ukraine today are not the same. And then she later said that the Minsk agreement, quote, was exactly what gave Ukraine the priceless time. So this is a European leader who negotiated Minsk. You can see her in the photo here admitting that Ukraine was never actually implementing this peace deal. It was all about giving Ukraine more time to prepare for war with Russia. And by Ukraine, we mean the West, we mean the US and NATO and the European Union, which are using Ukraine as a proxy in this war against Russia. So right after 2014 with the US-backed coup, the pro-Western regime in Ukraine began collaborating closely with NATO. The US and NATO were training Ukrainian military forces special operations forces, troops flooding Ukraine with weapons. The Western weapons shipments for Ukraine did not begin in February of 2022. They began back in 2014, immediately after the coup set off the civil war. And it's not just Angela Merkel who has admitted this. It's also the former French leader, Francois Hollande, who also was involved 
in negotiating the Minsk agreements. You can see him in this photo standing, standing next to Angela Merkel and Putin. And Francois Hollande, the, German, the former French president, did an interview with the Ukrainian Western government-funded media outlet, the Kiev Independent, which is funded by the Europe and Canada. Um, it's an anti-Russian propaganda outlet, and it's funded by the West. And the Kiev Independent interviewed Hollande, and he admitted in this interview that Ukraine was not serious about implementing the Minsk agreements, and Ukraine used this time to prepare for war. The Kiev Independent asked the French, French former pre French President Hollande, quote, in an interview with the German newspaper Die Zeit, Angela Merkel said about the Minsk protocols that, quote, it was obvious that the conflict was going to be frozen, that the problem was not solved, but it just gave Ukraine precious time, end quote. Do you also believe that the negotiations in Minsk were intended to delay Russian advances in Ukraine? And Hollande said, quote, yes, Angela Merkel is right on this point. So he's admitting that, yes, Ukraine was not going to implement this peace deal. It was using it to prepare for war. And he said this very clearly. The French president added, quote, Since 2014, Ukraine has strengthened its military posture. Indeed, the Ukrainian army was completely different from that of 2014. It was better trained and equipped. It is the merit of the Minsk agreements that, to have given the Ukrainian army this opportunity. So this is confirmation from the French leader as well as the German leader who negotiated the Minsk agreements that Ukraine never actually planned on implementing this peace deal. It was never about peace. It was about temporarily delaying the war with Russia because they knew that Ukraine wasn't ready for the Western proxy war they were going to wage in Ukraine against Russia. And this is not the only evidence. We have so much evidence that has been growing, proving that the West doesn't want peace in Ukraine because their goal is not peace. Their goal is regime change in the Kremlin. U.S. President Joe Biden admitted this in a speech in Poland in 2022. He said that the U.S. goal is overthrowing Russian President Putin. And the U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin also admitted that the U.S. goal is to weaken Russia. It's not about democracy in Ukraine. It's not about any of that. This was also recently admitted by one of the closest Western allies, the former leader of Israel, Naftali Bennett, who was a far-right former leader of Israel. And this is an article by Dave DeCamp, who's an anti-war journalist. And he noted that uh, Naftali Bennett did an interview that he posted on his YouTube channel in which he admitted that the U.S. and Western allies blocked his efforts at mediating a, uh, an end to the war between Russia and Ukraine. This article notes that in March of 2022, just a few weeks into this new phase of the war, so this is two weeks after Russia invaded, the Israeli leader traveled to Russia to meet with Russian President Putin there, he was trying to mediate peace talks between Putin and Ukraine. And Zelensky was being represented by the U.S., France, Germany, and Britain. And Israeli leader Bennett said that both sides, Russia and Ukraine, agreed to major concessions and to, have, to end the war. Uh, Russia agreed that, that Zelensky didn't have to leave power. They agreed that, that 
that they wouldn't try to kill Zelensky and, and they made other concessions. And Zelensky said that, that Ukraine would not try to seek NATO membership. And the Israeli leader Bennett said that that was the reason for why Russia was invading. Putin told him directly that it's because Ukraine is going to join NATO. If Ukraine will give us a written security guarantee that we will never join NATO, we will not invade. And here is the video from Nathalie Bennett's official YouTube channel. And what I'm gonna do is I'll play the audio of him speaking, he's speaking in Hebrew, but it, there's English translation, and I'll read out what he's saying in English. And you can see very clearly that this is the former Israeli leader, one of the closest Western allies, admitting that the West sabotaged attempts to have peace talks, to have a peace deal, right at the beginning of this new phase of the war between Russia and Ukraine. Natalie Bennett begins saying, I'm going to say this in the broad sense. He says, I think there was a legitimate decision by the West to keep striking Putin. And then the interviewer interrupts him and says, well, Putin was striking Ukraine. And, and he says, here, look, I was just the mediator. I turned to America in this regard. He says, everything I did was coordinated down to the last detail with the US, Germany, and France. And then the... the, the the interviewer asks Natalie Bennett, he says, so they blocked it. And Natalie Bennett says, basically, yes. He says, they blocked it. This is the former leader of Israel, a Western outpost for settler colonialism in West Asia that was created by British colonialism and has been supported by the U.S. empire ever since. This is the former leader of Israel admitting that the West blocked peace with Ukraine, peace with Russia and Ukraine. The West prevented peace. And this is not the first time that the West sabotaged a peace deal between Ukraine and Russia. In fact, the British government under former Prime Minister Boris Johnson, he also sabotaged a peace deal that was being worked out between Russia and Ukraine in March of 2022, just a few weeks into this new phase of the war after the Russian invasion. I have a separate video I did about this in a podcast in, in greater detail. I will link to the article in the description below so you can find all the sources. And this was admitted by a Ukrainian newspaper, a very mainstream called Ukrainska Pravda, which means Ukrainian truth. And this is a very anti-Russian, pro-Western newspaper. I mean, they have, a, they have an ad at the top saying that their journalists are fighting on the front line against Russia. So, uh, I mean, they're, trying to raise money on how anti-Russian they are. But they admit, they admitted in an article in May that there were peace talks being worked out in March after there were peace negotiations between Russia and Ukraine in Turkey, Turkey. And since then, and, and then after that, the British government, uh, Boris Johnson flew to Kiev and he sabotaged the peace agreement in alliance with the US. This article admitted that the Russian side was ready for the Zelensky-Putin meeting. And according to sources close to Zelensky, Boris Johnson came without warning and he brought two messages. One, that Putin is a war criminal, he should be pressured, not negotiated with, and that Ukraine should not sign any agreements. Boris Johnson's position was that the collective West now felt Putin was not really as powerful as they had previously had managed, managed, imagined, and that th this was the chance to press him. And then, Three days after Johnson left back for Britain, Putin went public and said the peace talks with Ukraine had turned into a dead end. 
And then after that, the negotiation was paused. So this is more evidence that there was a peace deal that was brokered in Turkey between Russia and Ukraine. Russia was willing to join the peace deal, and yet Ukraine was ordered by its Western sp sponsors, its Western imperial overlords, to sabotage the peace agreement. This was also admitted in an article in Foreign Affairs, which is which represents, it's basically the mouthpiece of the foreign policy elite in Washington, D.C. It is the official magazine of the Council on Foreign Relations, which has a revolving door with the U.S. government. And they published an article in September, October 2022. And this is written by former U.S. government officials, this article. This article was written by Fiona Hill, who from 2017 to 2019 was the senior director of Europe and Russia on the U.S. National Security Council. And it's written, it was also written by another mainstream anti-Russian scholar. So written by people who have worked with the U.S. government and oversaw, overseen Russia policy. And they admitted, quote, according to multiple former senior U.S. officials we spoke with, in April 2022, Russian and Ukrainian negotiators appeared to have tentatively agreed on the outlines of a negotiated interim settlement. Russia would withdraw to its position on February 23rd, which is the day before it invaded, when it controlled part of the Donbass and all of Crimea. And in exchange, Ukraine would promise not to seek NATO membership and instead receive security guarantees from a number of countries. So, but as Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said in July, this compromise was no longer an option. And that's because the West sabotaged it. Boris Johnson went to Kiev in alliance with the US and he told Ukraine, he told Zelensky, you cannot sign any peace agreement with Russia because we think that we can now overthrow Putin. This is our moment to weaken Putin and overthrow him. And this is yet another example of how again and again and again and again and again since, since the 1990s, the West has lied to Russia in, and every time they have peace talks and diplomacy with Russia, they lied. They lied in 1990 when the Western powers met in the so-called two plus four negotiations and the Soviet Union agreed to the, to the reunification of West and East Germany if, the, if NATO agreed not to expand NATO to the east of Germany. And yet they lied. And this is not just a rumor. There are diplomatic notes from a 1991 meeting between the US, Britain, France, and Germany, admitting that they had agreed in this diplomatic meeting to not expand NATO one inch east after the reunification of Germany. This, these are the notes that were discovered by a mainstream scholar named Josh, Josh Schriffensen, who is a professor of international relations at Boston University. And he found these notes from the British government these are official diplomatic notes of this, this meeting between the US, France, uh, Britain, and reunified Germany. And it says that in the two plus four negotiations, that is in 1991, quote, we had made it clear during the two plus four negotiations that we would not, to, that we would not extend NATO beyond the Elbe, which is the, the river in Germany. So, they admitted, they also said, we could not therefore offer membership of NATO to Poland and the others. So they, they broke their own agreement. They, they 
had made with the former Soviet Union in 1990. And you can see a map showing NATO expansion since then. NATO has expanded numerous times. A dozen new members were added. In 1999, the Czech Republic, Hungary, and Poland were added. In 2004, Bulgaria, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Romania, Slovakia, and Slovenia were added. In 2009, Albania and Croatia joined. In 2017, Montenegro joined. And in 2020, North Macedonia joined. And many of these countries were part of the Warsaw Pact. They were allies of the Soviet Union, like Bulgaria, like Hungary, like Poland. And some of these other countries had been part of the Soviet Union, like the Baltic states, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. So you can just look at this map. There are now, these Baltic states are members of NATO and they're on Russia's borders. And they constantly do NATO military exercises right on Russia's borders. And they were planning on doing the same to, to Ukraine. They were going to add Ukraine to NATO. And then that would give them the possibility to invade in the southern flank and cross over. And then they could cut off southern Russia from northern, the, from main, the rest of Russia. And then they would cut off Russia's access to the Black Sea and the Caspian Sea. And also its access to the Middle East, West Asia here. So... Russia knows this would be fatal, this small land mass here between Ukraine and Kazakhstan. That's exactly where Nazi Germany invaded the former Soviet Union. And the strategy was to cut off Russia, and then they could cut off the supply lines to Russia, and Russia would be, would be finished. Russia knows that this is, for its national security, this is an existential problem, an existential crisis. It cannot lose access to the Caspian Sea and the Black Sea. And that's why it is so, so concerned about Ukraine joining NATO. That is why it invaded. And that is why the West has sabotaged all peace talks, because they, they want regime change in Russia. They want to, to overthrow the Russian government. They want to carve up Russia. Numerous Western government officials have said it, including Brzezinski, including Dick Cheney. And this is why Russia exhausted every single path at diplomacy before it decided to invade Ukraine in February of 2022. Let's not forget that this has been completely erased from the narrative. But in December of 2021, three months before Russia invaded, Russia asked for written security guarantees from the U.S. and NATO. And what was their response? The West ignored Russia. Here's a report in ABC News, mainstream media, back from December, 2020, December 2021. Quote, Russia published a list of sweeping new security guarantees it wants from the United States and NATO, including a promise not to expand the alliance, which, by the way, was what the Western powers had agreed to back in 1990. So Russia wasn't asking for anything new. Moscow was simply asking for the Western powers to abide by the agreement that they had made in 1990 when Germany was reunified. Russia called for the prohibition of NATO military activity in Eastern Europe and most of the former Soviet Union. And Russia proposed two draft treaties that were published by the Russian Foreign Ministry. And what was the response of the Western powers? They didn't want peace with Russia. They were preparing since 2014 for war with Russia. What was their response in January 2022, a month before Russia invaded, NATO and the U.S. rejected 
Russia's demand for security guarantees. This is a report also in ABC News, mainstream media from January 2022. NATO rejects Russian demands for security guarantees in latest, round of, latest rounds of talks. And they note that Russia met with 30 NATO member states at the alliance's headquarters in Brussels. It was part of three diplomatic meetings. Russia also met with the US. And what happened? NATO unanimously rebuffed Moscow's core demands for formal guarantees that Ukraine will never join NATO and that the alliance will pull back its forces from the countries in Eastern Europe that joined after the Cold War. Russia and the United States held talks in Geneva where Moscow pressed those demands and which the US rejected as impossible. So at every single stage, Russia has tried to engage in diplomacy. Going back to 1990, when it was still the Soviet Union, and the Soviet Union agreed to German reunification as long as NATO did not expand one inch east. And it expanded many, many, many kilometers, thousands of kilometers to the east, adding a dozen new members, including former members, member states of the Soviet Union, including former allies in the Warsaw Pact. So the West violated that agreement. And then Russia uh, negotiated the Minsk agreements in 2014 and 2015, which Ukraine violated, as Zelensky himself admitted. And as Merkel and the former French president uh, Hollande admitted, Ukraine and the West used those years to prepare for war. And then when Russia in, in December of 2021, three months before it invaded, Russia demanded security guarantees in writing from the US and NATO in Europe, and they rejected all of Russia's security guarantees, security demands. And then Russia invaded and tried to have peace talks. And Western government officials admitted that Russia was willing to have peace talks with Ukraine. And they had an agreement worked out. First, they had an agreement worked out in Turkey, and that was sabotaged by Britain. Then they had an agreement worked out also with through Israel's negotiation and that was also sabotage. At every single stage, the West has prevented peace with Russia. And that's because their goal is not peace with Russia. Their goal is to overthrow the Russian government, to install a new puppet regime, like under the alcoholic US puppet Boris Yeltsin in the 1990s, and ultimately to balkanize and carve up Russia. Former US Vice President Dick Cheney, who was the power behind the throne in the George W. Bush administration, he admitted that the US goal is to break up Russia as a country. And this was admitted in the memoir by Robert Gates, who was the former US Defense Secretary. His memoir is called Duty. And in this, he said that Dick Cheney wanted to dismantle Russia itself after dismantling the Soviet Union. And he said that it was a mistake not doing so. And this was also exactly what the US imperial strategist Zbigniew Brzezinski, who was national security advisor under US President Jimmy Carter and oversaw the, the proxy war against the Soviet Union in Afghanistan in the 1980s. He admitted in an article in Foreign Affairs, which is again, the, the magazine of the Council on Foreign Relations, it has a revolving door with the State Department. He had admitted in an article in 1997 titled A Geostrategy for Eurasia. He said that the goal is to break up Russia and he proposed three parts. He said he called for breaking up Russia into a European Russia, a Siberian Russia, and a Far Eastern Republic. And in fact, the US government is still talking about this today. In June of 2022, the US Congress sponsored a congressional briefing 
that plotted ways to break up Russia as a country, and it was called Decolonization of Russia. And I have a separate video and podcast about that. I will link to it in the description below. That is what the U.S. goal is. It's not peace. It is literally carving up Russia as a country, like what NATO did to Yugoslavia, which no longer exists as a country. Yugoslavia was destroyed by NATO in the 1990s, and that is what NATO is trying to do today to Russia. That is why, at every single step, the West has prevented peace talks with Russia. They don't want peace. They only want to maintain their imperialist hegemony over the planet, and Russia and, and of course, China are in their way to complete unipolar hegemonic dominance of the planet, to their vision of the Wolfowitz Doctrine of of full spectrum dominance of the entire world. That's the US goal. It's to be the world's largest empire with no competition, with no obstacles in their way. And that's why they're waging war against Russia in Ukraine in this proxy war. So I know that I've mentioned a lot of different sources today. I have looked at a bunch of different articles and videos and such. In the description below, I will link to all the sources so people can, can check it out for themselves and see that everything I have said, talked about today is backed up by all solid sources, pretty much all from Western mainstream media outlets. So with that said, I'm gonna conclude here. I wanna thank everyone for watching or listening. If you wanna support this show, you can go to geopoliticaleconomy.com slash support, or you can become a patron over at patreon.com slash geopoliticaleconomy. I'm Ben Norton. I'm very grateful for any support. I'll see you all next time.